Hello everyone, this is Jen with the Native Jen Podcast. Today we are on episode 11, I believe, and this is going to be a heavy one. I'll just warn you, it's about generational trauma and my healing and generally just my story. And it may be triggering for you because it's, like I said, it's definitely a heavy topic. But I think it's important to talk about and not just what happened, but what are the repercussions as adults and how can we take steps to begin to heal from from it to ultimately break the cycle of generational trauma. Okay, let's get started. I've done a lot of research on this and... I really struggled with this episode or just getting out any other episode because this was in my head and I felt like I had to get it out, but I struggled with it because, you know, of imposter syndrome, because do I want to share my story and, you know, kind of out my family and, you know, all these things. But then when it came down to it, I just think that, you know, we're not alone. We're not alone in our journeys. And by sharing my journey, I hope to make someone else's journey better and know that they're not alone, know that they can heal and know that, you know, that that we're all struggling. So trauma is something that we don't talk about within families unless it's about them, never us. We don't ever talk about any seemingly hard issue that is anything within our family. Well, we simply just move on and hope it never happens again. An example would be domestic violence, where a man beats on a woman and vice versa, and the family doesn't talk about it until it happens again and again and again, and it becomes this vicious circle. We just simply move on and hope it never happens again. Generational trauma is where we repeat cycles of of abuse and trauma that we received from our parents. And then we give it to our kids, and then they give it to their kids. It's a vicious cycle of trauma. It includes abuse in many forms, neglect, control, and generally all the things we carry and give to our kids. It's something that we as Native people don't talk about enough, and we don't know how to heal from. And so this is my story of how I started on my healing journey to break my generational cycle in order to heal myself so I can hopefully later mend relationships within my family and maybe reconnect. I don't know. Hopefully, this will begin other conversations within Native families about generational trauma and how to get help and start healing. This is my hope, at least. I created this podcast to do things that shed light on taboo topics, and this is only the beginning. Just so you know, it's it's not easy talking about these things. I pretty much started this episode. This will be my third time, and then through editing and researching, there's so much more. And so this is my third time doing this, and it's just a lot, and it brought up a lot of emotions for me, and it may be triggering for you. So again, I'm just saying that it's, you know, it's heavy, but it needs to be talked about. Generational trauma, also known as intergenerational trauma or transgenerational trauma or even multi-generational trauma, is exactly what it sounds like. Trauma that isn't just experienced by one person. 
but it extends from one generation to the next. It can be silence, covert and undefined, surfacing through nuances and then inadvertently taught or implied throughout someone's life from an early age onward. This is what licensed clinical psychologist and parenting evaluator, Dr. Melanie English had stated. And so everyone is susceptible to generational trauma, but there are specific populations that are vulnerable due to our histories. Being systematically exploited, enduring repeated and continual abuse, racism, and poverty are all traumatic enough to cause genetic changes, Dr. De Silva says. So Native Americans in the United States and around the world are particularly vulnerable. And the families affected by catastrophes will have traumatic reactivity for generations to come. People in countries that have endured years, even decades, of war may also have generational trauma. And so we know what generational trauma is. Now I will tell you my story. My stepfather is white. Like many soldiers, he survived the Vietnam War and had severe PTSD as a result. My mother is Native American. She came from rural Alaska where alcohol and drug abuse is unfortunately the norm. I have two younger sisters. I was raised with my sister Jackie. We are closest in age. We're about eight years apart. But my youngest sister, Elsie, I don't really know. She is 16 years younger than me, and when she was born, I went away to boarding school. Before my youngest sister arrived, we lived in a village of maybe 200 people at its height. I loved village life. I loved being outside. I was free, playing with all my cousins. I can remember in the summers, my 20 plus cousins and myself would all play softball on the hill overlooking the town until 2 a.m. The sun never set in those hot summers. I loved playing outside. You know the saying, it takes a village to raise a child? Well, my village raised me and I love the community and nature for it. Inside the home was a different story. When I had to go home, I always got this sinking feeling of dread. I can remember walking home and mentally preparing myself for anything that may come, anything unexpected. Questions would race through my mind. Is dad going to be in a good mood? Will I have to watch the store if he's not? What do I say and what do I do when he yells? Will mom yell at me too? What did I do wrong this time now? Maybe if I make the house spotless, they will praise me. And then they'll, they'll be happy with me. Why can't I ever be good? Why can't I ever be good enough? All of these thoughts as a child evoke some trying emotions. And then I would step in the door and hold my breath, only to be met with orders barked at me to do this or to, to do that or to do it now, which in a way was a relief because it meant that everyone was in a normal mood. No one was mad at each other, namely my parents, and we could have a decent day. Another time, my stepfather was punching my mother in the back as she was leaning over, protecting her very pregnant belly and screaming. I ran over and he hit me so hard that I flew across the room and hid my head on the kitchen cupboard. 
I nearly passed out, but I remember looking at my parents fighting and I couldn't hear them anymore. All I heard was the raven cawing at the kitchen window. Or the time that my mom beat me up for disrespecting her in front of her friends. Or the time my sister got hit for running away. Or the time I saw my uncle drag my aunt down the road by her hair. Or the time a native man, clearly drunk, walked into our house with a loaded rifle. So many times. So many memories. So much trauma. But this was my normal. And I didn't talk about it outside the family or really to anyone. No one knew that I lived my young life walking on eggshells, as my sister and I called it. For many Native families, domestic abuse, or abuse in general, was normalized because little, if anything, was done at all about it. Then, we didn't have police to call. We didn't have a 911. Or what we call village police officers. We call them VPSOs. And things just really, they got swept under the rug. Nothing really happened. And the craziest thing was that from the outside, people thought we were a perfect family. Because my parents had, a, had perfect girls that obeyed and were respectful. My sister and I were taught from a very young age to sit pretty and say nothing. That was how we operated in order to survive. Now, in order to understand intergenerational trauma, it's important to acknowledge the impact of what parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, our ancestors, etc., survived that resulted in their own abuse. Take, for example, yelling and shouting within families. I always thought, what family doesn't shout? This may have been because yelling or shouting was an adoptive behavior for survival, or they had their own parents yell at them because those parents and those parents before them didn't have the tools, the energy, the modeling, the support, or space to speak kindly, gently, lovingly to their children due to the constant stressors that the trauma of historical oppression and or struggles brought them. The impact of intergenerational trauma would be descendants children continuing to shout, scream at their own children from a place of unresolved intergenerational trauma and or stress. So when I went away to boarding school, boarding high school, that was when I truly flourished. It was there that I learned that I had my own voice and that I could use it. It was there that I learned how to be a kid. I went out for all the sports. I loved high school. It was my freedom. I absolutely dreaded going home, though. It was like I was truly two different people that operated in two different worlds. And then in my early adulthood, it's such a blur of broken relationships, alcohol abuse, single motherhood, domestic violence within those relationships, and just continued abuse. My sister literally ran away from home when she was 16 and never looked back. I wish I protected her more. I really do. Later, I finally got my shit together as a single mother of two and graduated from school with an MBA after years of attending every known private, public, and Lutheran school. I was working for my tribal corporation and life was okay. 
But crazy things kept on happening with my parents, namely my mother, because I think she never had much control of her life. She felt she needed to control my life. At least that's how I saw it when she interjected herself within my life. If I didn't do what she said or followed her orders, I was immediately told of what a worthless person I was, of how no man would ever love me and or want me, of how I'm still nothing without her. I was a grown woman, completely under her control still. But it wasn't until I ended up in ER when I was pregnant with my last daughter and I was having an episode of uncontrollable breathing that I knew something was wrong. The doctor told me I was having a panic attack. What? A panic attack? I can remember thinking, I don't have those. I'm in control. I'm okay. And yet, I still couldn't calm down. It wasn't until I got on the phone with my now husband, and he was in Denmark and I was in Alaska, that I calmed down. This was the first time my body was physically telling me that I was in distress, and if I don't make some serious changes... For the sake of myself and my unborn baby, things may only spiral down from there. And so I did just that. I resigned from my big, seemingly important job, put everything into storage, and left the U.S. for Denmark with my husband, my son, a baby in my belly, and my two dogs. It was only then that I realized how much control my mother had over me and my life until then. This realization came when I left the country and was out of her grip. And when I was gone from her grasp, she only had my daughter to control. And she did just that. Through a series of terrible events, my daughter decided to have no communication with her, just like I don't have any communication with my mother. So do you see? Do you see how the trauma cycle continues? Later, my daughter broke up with me via text. She stated that she loved me, but she doesn't want any further communication with me as well. Oh, you guys, this is hard. It happened when I went to Alaska to visit, and I wanted to surprise her because she said she was getting married. I think my very presence triggered her, and she couldn't handle me in her life again so suddenly. Or that she isn't healed from her trauma, and, and I just brought it all back. Either way, she chose to end our relationship, and it hurt she made the very hard decision to create boundaries. It felt, it really felt as if part of me died that day. I literally went to the mental health clinic to talk to someone because I was so heartbroken. I was at complete loss. It hurt. I still am, as you can hear. <sighs> but my hope is that she seeks help as well for all her trauma that I caused her and that our family caused her for her kids' sake. I hope she starts to heal and break those generational cycles as well. And this is the complicated web of generational trauma. It's messy, it's ugly, it's painful, it's emotional, it's everything negative. This is how it continues. But from the time my daughter decided to remove me from her life, I decided to do something as well. I got help. I did some intensive therapy. But I also found meditation and drum journeys help as well. This past winter, I met a shaman practitioner, and she introduced me to drum journeys and shadow work. 
It's not easy. At times, it's downright awful. But slowly, I'm healing. I'm owning my trauma. I'm healing my own trauma and essentially breaking those generational cycles. All of these things have helped me. The one thing that has helped a great deal is going inward, seeing my parents, my grandparents, my aunties, my uncles, my family, my ancestors, all that came before me as trauma survivors. They were just people like me, surviving their trauma with the tools that they were given. They survived and grew families and passed their trauma down from one generation to the next. But it does not have to continue. Does not. And so, as Dr. English stated, we know trauma can manifest itself through stress, anxiety, fight or flight, and other heightened alert systems in our brain and bodies. But intergenerational trauma can also mask itself through learned behaviors, learned beliefs, and patterns that become ingrained. This kind of wiring impacts personalities, relationships, parenting, communication, and even views on the world. Whew! Don't I know it. You know, when trauma is repeated, it becomes a horrid experience that somehow is accepted by family because the family becomes, you know, numbed to it, desensitized and feels hopeless and powerless about the reoccurrence and thus inadvertently enables the trauma to continue. This is so fucked up and heartbreaking, but it is an unfortunate reality in a lot of indigenous families and communities. In regards to my parents and my relationship with them, I haven't talked to them in years. I have boundaries with them because I only want clear and nurturing communication. I can only work on myself when I take myself out of the equation, and that's what I did. I do not want to be part of any toxic relationship anymore. And to be clear, boundaries within relationships are a good thing. It allows for restructuring, for growth, and for self-awareness. But it doesn't mean I love my parents any less. I think about them daily. I pray for them. I don't hold any will towards them at all. I've forgiven them for myself, and I let it go. And perhaps one day we'll mend the relationship. Who knows? But it doesn't mean that I don't struggle with the repercussions of how I was raised. I am just more aware, and I make an extra effort to pour love upon my kids and be more present and affectionate. Remember, boundaries keep you safe, and they allow for healing. And so, I'm talking about Bruno. I'm talking about the huge elephant in the room. Why? For the sakes of our children and grandchildren, we must break cycles, people. We must bear that burden to become better people for our people and communities. Healing from emotional wounds is key to growing mentally stronger. And sometimes, it's not obvious at first where these wounds come from or why you have them. But understanding intergenerational trauma might help you feel better and grow stronger. You know, if you experience intergenerational trauma, therapy may be a good start to learn how it can help you cope with your own symptoms, your own feelings. Understand the impact of intergenerational trauma and equip you with the tools to help change deeply embedded patterns and heal yourself and generations after you. 
Oh man. Recognizing trauma symptoms, even if they are inherited rather than related to a personal trauma, is vital to coping and seeking support for your trauma. Above all else, love is the common ground for all of us. So let's just love more and hurt less, huh? I hope this was a good listen for you and it made you think about your own trauma and how you can take steps to heal. This is Jen with the Native Jen Podcast. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. Thank you and kwayanak. Please stay tuned for more episodes with Native Jen and some pretty exciting guests in the near future. Take care. Stay Native. Del Goose.